In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is the beginning of Advent, which refutes the contention that Southern California doesn't have any seasons. Green to purple is our late fall change of colors. Advent is a wake-up call. It arouses us from the spiritual slumber of the long Trinity season to let us know that the coming of Christ is near. As the epistle says, knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. In this passage, two Greek words are translated by the one English word for time. <clears throat> the first is used when the epistle exhorts us to know the time. And this is the Greek word kairos, which means the meaning of time, or refers to the meaning of time. <clears throat> and the word kairos can be contrasted with the other, another Greek word for time, chronos, from which we get our word chronology. To make a simple distinction, chronos or chronology refers to the passage of days and weeks and months and years. And kairos refers to what those days and weeks and months and years mean. What is the time for? The New Testament teaches us that the kairos or meaning of the current time is that we are living in the last days. The concept of the last days has gotten a bad rap by its misuse by certain end times or what are known as end times teachers. They typically proclaim a specific period of years to be the chronological last days. However, in the Bible, the term last days refers to the entire period of time between Pentecost and the second coming of Jesus. Thus, to say we are living in the last days is a statement of kairos time rather than chronos time. It is about the meaning of the time rather than its duration. Those who presume to know the chronology of the kairos end up looking like fools to the impartial observer. However, the teachers themselves simply revise their chronology and write another book to sell to their devoted followers who forget that the Bible instructs us to stone false prophets. Unfortunately, many sincere people who took them seriously end up having their faith greatly shaken or even losing their faith. This is why the New Testament issues a stern warning against false prophets who cause people to stumble. The error of such teachers is an error of what is called eschatology. And this word simply means the study of the last things. And the error is to misunderstand the relationship between the kingdom of God and our current experience of time. The relationship involves a paradox or a tension. 
The kingdom of God is here with us right now, but it is not yet fully here. The paradox or tension is rooted in a strange fact about the Christian understanding of time. We believe that the central event in all of human history has already taken place. And this event is the life of Jesus, and in particular, his cross and his resurrection. And this central event of human history was capped off by Pentecost, the sending of the Holy Spirit, which inaugurated the last days. And this accounts for the focus of our worship on remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. We are always remembering the past because that is when Jesus fulfilled God's covenant. As Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Our remembrance involves a kind of time travel. We are traveling back to remember or experience again the cross and resurrection, or those events are being brought into the present moment so that we can experience them again here and now. There is also a future element in our remembrance, the new creation established by Jesus on the cross and planted within us in baptism through faith. It will be completed. And the longing for this completion is the root of all Christian desire and longing. As Romans 8.23 says, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Thus, our experience of time is characterized by remembering what Jesus has done in the past and anticipating its future completion. This experience of Kairos time stands in stark contrast with the world's experience of merely chronological time. In the world, past memories do not provide a future hope. They only provide nostalgia, or regret. Mere chronological time progresses continually towards an uncertain future and always ends in death, for which the world has no answer. Many future things are promised by politicians, products, and activists, but fewer enduring things are actually delivered. To be sure, many people aspire to make the world better and try to be hopeful. They practice positive thinking and they work for the temporal good. However, good thoughts and intentions cannot conquer evil, sin, and death and cannot bring about the new creation. When human aspirations are not rooted in the word and promise of God, they become delusions and false hopes. This is the reason it is so important for Christians to live in the Kairos time we experience on the Lord's day 
in the seasons of the church year, and in our daily experience of prayer. The life of prayer in the body of Christ cultivates our experience of God's power in the midst of a dying world and develops within us the virtue of hope. Our hope is not merely an aspiration or an exercise in positive thinking. It is rooted in Christ and his promises. As Jesus will say to us in next week's gospel, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. If we know the meaning of the current time, it will lead us into the practice of love in imitation of Jesus. As the epistle exhorts us, owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Love is the fruit of our life of prayer. As we continually remember and experience again God's love for us in Christ, we grow in our own natural inclination in the Holy Spirit to love others in the same way. Our main temptation is to be drawn away from Kairos time, from the life of prayer in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, and be drawn into the merely chronological time of the world with its false urgencies and promises. When this happens, our behavior comes to be governed by our disordered desires and not by the love of God. The call to Advent self-examination and repentance can be framed in terms of the command to love. How have we failed to love God? How have we failed to love others, especially those others who are closest to us? How will we love in new ways and bear fruits worthy of repentance? Advent is a time of opportunity to change and grow. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. And this is the second word for time in our epistle. It is the Greek word aura from which we get our word hour. And taking both words for time together, we can get the sense of the epistle. Because we know the kairos, that this is the last days, we know that the current hour now is the opportunity to change our lives and reorient them around the kingdom of God. Now repentance has its own paradox. End times mania often leads people to do extreme things in order to prepare for some alleged coming catastrophe. However, the Bible is very clear that we prepare for the coming of Jesus by the practice of ordinary faithfulness. The wise virgins were ready because they replenished their oil and kept their lamps burning. This means they were faithful in their daily prayer, faithful daily to watch and wait for Jesus. In the parable of the talents, 
the servants who were told, well done, were those who were faithful to use the, God, the gifts that God had given them in the ordinary business of life. As Jesus said, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Of course, repentance requires that we remove any practice of sin from our lives. However, a faithful advent centers on establishing patterns of ordinary faithfulness. This means reordering our daily lives around the practice of loving God through our prayer and reordering our daily behavior around the practice of loving others, especially those who are closest to us. If we keep our lamps burning through prayer and use our gifts faithfully in service, we will be ready when Christ comes, both when he comes to us at the altar of God today in the sacrament and also when he comes in glory at the end of time. As the epistle says, knowing the meaning of time, that now it is the hour to wake out of sleep. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.